For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Giants broadcaster Dave Fleming about the San Francisco Giants' start to this offseason. They've added a right-handed pitcher in Matt Whistler. Tyler Anderson is not coming back. Do they need to bolster the lineup anymore? And what is going to happen with the starting rotation? Also, Mike Yastrzemski made the all-MLB second team as an outfielder for the 2020 season. All things we'll discuss with Dave Fleming, who joins me next. It's Monday, December 14th. It is a pleasure now to welcome in Dave Fleming. You, of course, hear him on Giants broadcast on KNBR. But, Dave, uh, it's nice to talk to you through the offseason here, at least the Giants offseason. It's been nice to hear you call on other stuff. We heard you on the PGA Championship and college football. How has the Giants offseason been relative to everything else going on? Well, I mean, it is a little uh, – it's going great. Thank you for asking. Uh, I mean, I'm happy, like I think everybody who – can have a, just a tiny bit of normalcy, even though all the work that you're describing has been anything but normal for me, but just to have some sports and some games and look, uh, football, basketball, golf, all of it is different and weird and not as good as we want it to be, but I think it is better than nothing. And just having you know, some semblance of what we normally would have has been important for me and hopefully for other people. So baseball offseason in a way is more normal because you're just looking for the same kind of news. You're not necessarily watching games in empty ballparks or whatever. So in that way, I think the hot stove stuff, the baseball offseason is about as close as we get to how it, it feels uh, in normal times. That's why I really wanted to have you on is I've kind of been jonesing for some baseball talk because we only got really a bunch of buildup to it in spring training and then the two-month season and the Giants, of course, fell just short. But I think the non-tender deadline was kind of the first day that we started to feel stuff. What did you feel about all these sort of bigger name players that didn't end up on rosters that they were on last year? Guys like Kyle Schwarber, Eddie Rosario, the Giants released Tyler Anderson. Were you kind of surprised by some of those? You know, I don't know if I was surprised because it, I did feel like we had a heads up that a lot of that was coming. And, you know, I mean, I hate to say that so much of it is because of the pandemic, but I do think there is huge pressure on teams right now. And you can understand why. I mean, teams do not want to lay people off, have people lose their jobs. Teams are feeling a true crunch because of no fans in ballparks. So, I mean, I think teams are doing everything that they possibly can to try to keep their operations as stable as possible for, you know, look, all of us now are feeling, I'll speak for myself, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic that a vaccine is coming. We're starting to roll it out, you know, any day now, and that's going to take a while. But the end of this thing is in sight now for the first time to me in a while. And so I think what teams are trying to do is say, look, We need to buy a few months, another half year, whatever it is, and then I think we can operate as normal. And so it really didn't surprise me. I feel like the Giants are fortunate in that they have a lot of people committed to keeping things about as stable as they can possibly be. So we didn't see as much of that from the Giants side. I wonder if like a byproduct of that would be that a team like the Giants, who is still maybe a couple years away, I mean, they're not by any stretch right on par with the Dodgers, though they played them tough this year. I wonder if a byproduct of that could be a bunch of these non-tender guys signing one-year deals with teams like the Giants as sort of stopgap type players to help, you know, rebuild this farm system or get these minor leaguers back out there before they're ready to go next year or the year after. You could end up with, with some good signings for guys like Kyle Schwarber, Marcelo Zuna, maybe. 
possible. I wish that the names that, I mean, those two are, are big names. Ozuna was not a non-tender, but he's a big name who's out there. And your point of maybe signing a shorter term deal for now and then waiting one more year to sign a longer term contract is a good one. You know, those particular players, I just don't think are great fits with what the Giants need right at this second. And so that's where, you know, I'm looking at that list and there are indeed some big names. You know, we saw them sign one of those already, the the reliever Matt Whistler, who's got a chance to be a very important part of next year's Giants team, I think. I mean, I do. But that's not a big, big name signing by any means. I think you're going to see a couple examples of something like that, maybe. You know, Archie Bradley would come to mind as a non-tender who fits one area where I think the Giants have a clear, big need still remaining. One more right-handed reliever, I think, is high on the Giants list, even with Whistler in the fold. So he would be one that I think would be a possibility. Otherwise, I think you're much more likely to see the Giants in the free agent pool and maybe even in the trade pool where they can find somebody, a team that you know has a player that maybe doesn't fit them this year that fits the Giants a little better than the list of names that you've mentioned a few of them that we all read a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I think Farhan had mentioned actually with Tim Kawakami that, you know, maybe you look at a player who's maybe blocked at another organization and a guy like Mike Yastrzemski comes to mind, right, in, in the trade market uh, from a couple of years ago. And actually, he was in the news this week because he was just named to the All-MLB second team. This is the second year, I guess, they've done that, and it's kind of like the All-Pro NFL team. I thought it was kind of cool mentioning him as like one of the top six outfielders in baseball this year. What did you think hearing his name in there? Yeah, very cool and well-deserved, and I love that baseball does that. The all-star teams, first of all, we didn't have all-star teams this year, but the all-star teams to me are never totally reflective of the full season. We vote for them halfway through the year, and you can say you were an all-star, and that's great, but for a player who you know, doesn't hit that sweet spot of being voted on the team or picked for the team but then finishes with a great year, Sometimes there's no recognition. So I love that he got that recognition, hugely deserved. I think he has established himself as a, you know, not just a big leaguer, but a really good one and an important part of the Giants' short and medium term future. I mean, he's going to be a big part of this franchise. So of all the developments of 2020 on the field for the Giants, one of the most important was Mike backing up his performance from 2019 and showing that the Giants can really. I think count on him for the next several years. He's going to be a big part of this team. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. What do you think about some of the other guys who had strong finishes to the season? I really liked what Austin Slater did this year, and I try to keep in perspective that it was just 60 games, but obviously Donovan Solano was a huge part of the team. Austin Slater's now coming back, and as is Solano, but I think back to before the Giants won their World Series, and the guys that were here, like the Ray Durham, sort of the the veteran leaders that helped them get to the next step. Well, Austin Slater isn't really a veteran. I think of Donovan Solano kind of in that role. Well, I do too. And I think, you know, Donovan had such a strange year in some ways because his defense cratered and he's got to get that figured out because Donovan has a chance to play maybe not every day, but Donovan could play a ton in 2021 if he can get that figured out. And it was not like, okay, his range collapsed. He misplayed a lot of balls that by big league standards would be considered routine plays. And If that continues, that's going to cost him some time. He's still going to be on the team. He's still going to be likely an important part of the team. That has to get solved for him to realize his full potential. You know, talking about Yastrzemski backing up his performance, this is two years in a row for Solano 
where the batted ball stuff, all the advanced metrics we have, you know, how hard a guy hits it on the perfect launch angle, you know, forget the bottom line results. What's the process for these players? Two years in a row, Donovan Solano's numbers are off the charts good in that regard. The guy hits line drives all over the place and does it about as frequently as anybody in the National League right now. That is a formula for a lot of at-bats and a lot of good production. And I don't think that's going to stop, but the defense has to tighten up for him in order for him to be as big a part of this team as I think he can be. Slater's question is totally different. I mean, Austin Slater deserves a huge amount of credit. He has reinvented his offensive game. He's always been a talented player. He has learned how to hit the ball in a different way. He has learned how to command the strike zone in a much different way than when he was a younger player. He's still young, but when he was a younger player, Austin's just got to prove he can stay healthy. And this is now three years, three major things in a row for Austin, where and they're all different, where he hasn't. And, uh, you know, that is a big problem for him. So whatever he's got to do, it's not that Austin doesn't work his tail off. He does. I mean, he is a conditioning warrior and has changed his body, really strong guy. But he's got to dig deep this offseason himself and just try to figure out how he can maintain and stay healthy because he'll get a ton of at-bats himself if he can. Well, and as a Stanford guy, he's easy to like too, right? He's very easy to like, and he is. (laughs) He's a popular guy in that clubhouse because he keeps his mouth shut. He grinds it out. The guy's a tough dude, you know. You go to Stanford, and sometimes if you're like me, you earn it. You have a reputation as not that tough of a guy. Uh, (laughs) Austin is a tough-nosed player. Like, he sticks his face in there. He is a competitive dude. Austin's got a lot of great qualities, and there's a reason that his teammates like him so much. But it is a true statement to say that the Giants' brass, you know, the front office, the coaches – they want to see him stay healthy. Like, you know, you can talk about it and say some things have been flukes and all, but when you're doing your planning, like Farhan and Scott and Gabe are right now with the sheet of paper in front of you, like, here's our roster. How are we filling in gaps? Who's getting the at-bats? How are we sort of envisioning this happening? I think it's hard for them to trust right now that Austin's going to have 500 at-bats in a season because he just hasn't shown that. And that is the goal for him going into 2021. I think that's totally fair. And when there are different injuries, I think you, you get a little bit more concerned about that. But on the way out, we were talking about the defense, and, and I guess the National League, or Farhan sort of referred to this, that, that people have been told to prepare as though maybe no DH in the National League this year. Though I guess after they renegotiate stuff with the Players Union, that could change for 2021. But just what are your thoughts on the universal DH, and what did you think about it for the 60-game season? Well, I have to say I liked it, you know, I mean, and and, and I've always been a National League guy and fan, and so I say that reluctantly, but I liked it. Offense is fun. Pitcher hitting has just gone off a cliff in the last 10 years where pitchers for a long time in this game could hold their own, could help themselves with the bat. And really lately, that just isn't happening. You know, we got spoiled with Madison. Bum was such a fun at bat. Most teams have nobody even close to that. And most teams have just about everybody else that we've been watching the last few years. You know, we're trying to put a product on the field that fans want to see. Those at-bats have not been fun. There is a little extra strategy without the DH, but I don't think that gets outweighed by having an extra hitter in there. And for the Giants specifically this last year, the Giants DH numbers were overall pretty terrible. But down the stretch, as the Giants sort of figured out, you know, they moved away from 
Pence and Pablo, who both struggled so much, and they learned in different ways to mix and match. You know, Kyle Schwarber would be an absolutely perfect fit for the Giants if there were a DH, because the Giants have all these Wilmer Flores, Donovan Salado, Austin Slater, Darren Ruff types who can fill in from the right side. I mean, you could create a great platoon at that spot and have a ton of production there. But if there's no DH, you already have a glut of those play. You know, where's Wilmer going to get his at-bats this year with no DH if Longoria and Belt are both healthy? He'll get some, but it's going to be a challenge. Where's Darren Ruff going to get his at-bats? You know, is that a, just a straight platoon with, with Alex out there in left field? You know, Yastrzemski's probably not going to be platoon. Then where does Slater fit in? For the Giants, with as many of those right-handed hitters that they have, a DH, I think, would really help this team next year. Thank you so much for stopping by with us. I know you're a busy guy. I know the offseason is not an offseason for you, but it's been nice to get our baseball fixed and nice to talk ball with a familiar voice. So enjoy the rest of the offseason. Enjoy the football and the basketball. And uh, and we're hoping to hear you for more than 60 games this year, man. Yeah, me too. I think we will. I'm very optimistic about that. Always good to talk to you, Adam. And look, I mean, you, hopefully you and I will have a chance to talk again sometime soon. But I think, you know, as a last thought on the way out, when you really break down this Giants team, there is one glaring, huge need going forward. And everybody wants to talk about all the hitters and what, but the Giants need starting pitching in a major way, especially now that there's no Drew Smiley coming back. And so my expectation is, is that sooner rather than later, we would hear some news on that front and the Giants might be patient in that regard. But to my eyes, they need three starters, maybe new ones to build some depth, the depth that they want to have. Probably two of those have to be left-handed. So if you're a Giants fan who's itching for some moves, start to think about those kind of moves and where, you know, some of those starting pitchers might fit in. I'm looking at the Giants roster on paper and it, it just screams to me that they can put together a really competitive team on just about every other front, but they need help big time with starting pitching. Yeah, you're counting on Tyler Beatty and Logan Webb. You'd hope to eat a lot of those innings too. And uh, and as you mentioned, you if, can't. I mean, you as, can't, to me, yeah. and I'm not cutting you off because I think you're exactly right. To me, you cannot count on those two guys. You have to say going into the season that we hope that those two force our hand and start a bunch of games, or maybe one of them's a really good swing man. We need a long man in the bullpen, something like that. But if it's me in charge, I'm not penciling in those two guys as a part of my starting five for 2021. That's no knock on them, but I, the Giants need some more options because you're exactly right to focus on those two. Other than Cueto and Gosman, you know, that's kind of what you got, and the Giants need a lot more than that. And both are unproven. You're absolutely right. Thank you so much, Dave. It was fun talking baseball, man. Okay, Adam. Talk to you soon. Man, that was a fun dive into, into some Giants talk with Dave Fleming, and he's been all over the place. You can catch him doing college games on the weekend, and it was a lot of fun catching him in the PGA Championship, but he's right. The Giants' most gaping hole, and we didn't even really get into it a whole bunch, is that starting rotation. They're going to have to add somebody. It would be great to bring in some big names, but I would lean more on the side of, of a guy like a Kevin Gosman or a Drew Smiley who's looking to rehab his season and look for a longer-term contract. Thank you to Dave. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening to us. We enjoy all the feedback, and we're going to continue with some more Bay Area sports talk this week. It'll be a little warrior talk. They got going this weekend in the preseason against the Denver Nuggets at the Chase Center. We can look ahead to what the warrior season projects. Also, the 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys this weekend. All stuff we'll cover in the coming week. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you on Wednesday.